on my phone and the news said, Mayor of Baltimore resigns amid many scandals. <laughs> so God's bringing his word past. He's bearing the signs. Amen. He said he would confirm his word with signs follow. So there ain't no telling what God's going to do. But I'm excited about it. And uh, I've got these I want to pass out to y'all. Well, Donald, you mind passing them out? And those are for y'all to study. And I just inserted the scriptures in them. Just the scripture reference. I didn't put the whole scripture in them. But I just, and there should be enough for everybody. And I didn't put one back there for Justin. Glad Justin got to make it. Well, it's good when you get people to get off work, drive two hours from work to be in church, ain't it? But before I get into this prophecy, the Lord was dealing with with me this week, and He gave me a scripture, and I know it's in Second Corinthians thirteen, I believe it's verse five, and He said, "Examine yourself, whether you be in the faith or not. Examine yourself." And then the Lord took me over to the book of Acts, and I'm pretty sure it's the fourth chapter. I know it was the third chapter where Peter and John went up to the temple and they healed the lame man at the gate called Beautiful. But then they put him in jail and they brought him before the council. And I think it goes on into the fourth chapter. And they was asking Peter and John, said, by what name or with what authority did you do this? You know what Peter told him? If we this day be examined, If you examine us, as to how this miracle happened, be it known unto you that through the name of Jesus. And the Lord started dealing with me. He said, my people need to examine themselves and see what's on the inside of them. Because the world right now is dying for deliverance. People need help. Amen? This whole air around here ain't nothing but a drug nest. Ain't nothing but a drug nest. Everywhere. And preaching ain't going to get the job done. There got to be some deliverance. There got to be some deliverance. Brother Donald, you've been on that mess years back. Brother Brian, you've been bound with an addiction. And God set you free. But you think all these people out here, there's no deliverance for them. And I've talked to them. I've talked to some of them. I've talked to them about the, oh yeah, brother, I, I, I'm fine. What do you mean you're fine? Lying, stealing, robbing, selling everything you can get to get drugs. Oh, I'm fine. I got saved when I was 10 years old and I talked to the Lord every day. I mean, that's, that's testimonies I get out of these people. I gave my heart to the Lord when I was 10, 12 years old. I'm fine. And I, I, me and Lord talk every day. That's a deception. That's a lie from the pit of hell. And somebody got to stand and declare the name of Jesus, preach against sin, but you also got to have deliverance in your life. So, If I look at every one of you and I say to you today, examine yourselves. Like I said to Peter and John, Peter said, if we be examined, you better know one thing. (laughs) There's a a holy resurrected Christ that lives in here. And by his name and through his stripes and his blood and his power, this man's been made ever with whole. Can Can we say we've got that kind of testimony? I'm serious. It's time for God's people to examine themselves and see what's going on inside of them. See where your priorities are. And see if you be in the faith or not. What's your purpose for being on this earth? What's your call? What's your direction? What's your goal? I just had a man send me a 
uh, a thing. I, I handed it to Brother Donald and told him to read it. He said, without a vision, the people perish. Do we have a vision? Do we have a vision for ourselves? Do we have a goal for ourselves? Do we have a vision for the church? Does the church have a goal? Other than getting more members and getting bigger offerings, a lot of churches don't have a goal. I want to see every person that sits under my teaching come forward in the power of the Holy Ghost. They can help this generation. They ain't a one of you in here got family that don't need God. Every one of you got family that need God. I don't care if it's your husband, your wife, your brother, your sons, your daughters. And religion ain't going to get the job done. It ain't going to get it. We got to have deliverance. We got to have deliverance. We better step back and face the reality. I don't care what you know. There's people who can quote scriptures backward, forward, sideways, and upside down. Ain't got a lick of the Spirit of God in them. And don't care because they got religion. Religion makes you feel comfortable. Religion will make you feel comfortable where you're at. I ain't interested in religion. Let me tell you something. I was raised around miracles. I was raised around deliverance. I saw it in my home when I was growing up. Prayer was in my home when I was growing up. And I'm on the radio, and I've been hammering on getting prayer back in the home. We don't get prayer back in the home. Church ain't never going to come forward. Because prayer, the, 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 the Spirit of God starts in your home. It don't start here in the church. It starts in your home. You come to the house of God and you don't have the Spirit of God with you because you didn't bring it from home. I ain't telling you God won't do something for you, but if God does something for you, you leave, where are you going with it? Yeah, but if you walk back into unbelief, you walk back into hell, you walk back into upsetness, you walk back into a worldly atmosphere, what's the Spirit of God going to do? You're going to squeeze it, you're going to kill it, you're going to suffocate it to death. But if you get prayer and the Spirit of God in your home, and you walk in that atmosphere, and you live in that realm, and you've got the liberty and the freedom to go through your house, raising your hands and praising God and glorifying and magnifying God. And there's a spirit of prayer and you've got a family altar and a time of uh, worship with your husband, your wife, your sons and your daughters. That's where God needs to be. I don't need prayer back in school. I need it back in the home. You get it in the home, it'll get back in the school. Then again, the church, our leaders, when I was a boy, used to open the sessions of Congress with prayer to one true living God. Now they put it up to everything. I remember the Lord told me back in the 90s. Matter of fact, I think we just, it might have been in 2000, we just started a church in Alabama and the Lord spoke to me. He said, I'm not a religion. He said, I'm the Almighty. He said, Buddha's a religion. Confucius is a religion. Zen, Tao, all this stuff is a religion. But he said, I'm the Almighty God. And he said, when they start taking my words down off the courthouse walls and turn from me, he said, woe be unto them. Woe be unto them. reason this nation's in the mess it's in is turn from the true and the living God. It's time to get it back. And the only thing, the, the starting point to get it back is prayer in the home. Prayer in the home. Go back and get my CDs from 2013. When me and my wife started praying side by side, we'd always prayed, but we'd prayed in different parts of the home or prayed in this room or that room. We get out and start praying side by side. God started changing things. It's time to pray, church. Amen. And it's time to come together and pray, please. And I know some of you have responsibilities. Y'all can't be here every Sunday, but when you can be here, please come together with us at 1030 and let's go to prayer. Let's go to prayer. And I'm so excited to hear that uh, y'all about got your chapel finished. Because I'm looking forward to coming up there and having a Holy Ghost stomping down, heaven shaking, hell rattling, prayer meeting in that chapel in Blue Ridge. Looking forward to it. Because I believe God's got a divine purpose for it more than just weddings. Amen. So y'all keep praying for them, believing with them. They're going to get this chapel done. They got a little chapel up there, I guess about half the size of this church. But it's good enough seat, probably what, 20, 30 people? 
And the Lord done spoke. The Lord spoke to me, and I told them, I said, something fixing to happen up there. I said, as soon as you get it done, we're going to come up there and have prayer meeting. If that's what they want, and I believe they'll let this word in there, and we'll come up there and have prayer meeting. Who knows what God will do? Who knows what God will do? Lord's been talking to us about a house of Cornelius for about a month now. There's fixing to be a people out there that have a knowledge of God that don't know. You know, there's a lot of people know about God, but they don't know the true living, delivering, healing, saving Jesus. Lord needs to know about a true and a living God. Amen. I said they need to know about a true and a living God. Thank you, Lord. And I appreciate the Lord today. Like I said, y'all, I don't know how much of this we'll get through. But y'all can take it home and study it. And I know some of you have the the sheet that I put together probably about a year ago now. I took the prophecies that have been spoken in the church for about two years. And I've done a comparison on the different prophecies. And there was several of them that what the Lord spoke in one, He'd spoken five or six. Does anybody, anybody have that? No, I know that. But was y'all here when I done that? If you don't have it, let me know and I'll email it to you. Uh, because you need to go back over this prophecy and compare it to those uh, comparisons because a lot of what's spoken in this prophecy has already been spoken for uh, since 2016 several different times. So that means what God's doing, He's laying the foundation to bring it to pass. And I was in the, you know, we just had that prayer service last week or the 25th. We had uh, uh, 24th, 25th, and 26th. And on the 25th, and that's all we done was pray. There was no preaching. Brother Meadow, you had six services that didn't have any preaching. We didn't go to preach. We went to pray. We've heard enough preaching. Somebody needs to move God. Amen? And you know the hardest thing to get folks to do? Pray. Be still and pray and really petition the Lord. Hardest thing in the world to get folks to do. And that Thursday night, about 30 minutes in that prayer, that spirit of prophecy fell on me and the Lord started speaking. And so I started asking the Lord. You know, God been telling us for a long time now that there's coming a baptism like the day of Pentecost, but then it's going to go beyond, go greater. And so I asked the Lord. I said, you know, sometimes I just get dumb and bold. and <laughs> So I just said, what's taking so long? And the Lord just started dealing with my spirit. He said on the day of Pentecost, he said, I poured my spirit out on 120. He said, now I'm fixing to pour my spirit out on all flesh all over the world. And he said, I'm bringing the body of Christ together all over the world. When I do this, this ain't going to be no in a corner. He said, this thing going to be poured out all over the world. He said, it takes just a little more preparation <laughs> to get everything set worldwide than it did just in Jerusalem. So I kind of, I said, well, that makes sense. <laughs> you know. And I don't, I very seldom ever ask God things, you know, like that. But I said, Lord, I think we're as ready as they were on the day of Pentecost. I said, I hope we are. You know, the Lord has been telling us for a couple of years now, prepare, 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 get ready. And that's what John come preaching. He come preaching, prepare ye the way of the Lord for what? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. I've been telling people, prepare the way of the Lord for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Once again, that power and that authority, that kingdom live in Jesus, He won't sit here. He won't sit manifested right here. Amen? 
And it's going to depend on whether you prepare or not as to whether God's going to be able to use you. And it ain't up to me. It's not up to me whether God uses you or not. If God's called you, it's up to you whether God uses you or not. It ain't up to me. The only person that God has called, whether He uses them or not, that's up to me, is me. It ain't up to you. So don't lay your shortcomings on me. Because it ain't going to work. I got broad shoulders, I can take the blame, but when you stand before the Lord and you say, uh, is that Brother Metter's fault? He say, I don't think so. <laughs> but I'm glad to be in God's house. I appreciate the Lord. And I'm going to start into this prophecy, see where the Lord will take us. And I know I think I covered part of it last week, but we're going to back up and do the whole thing all over again. That's all right. And I'm going to go to that first scripture there. I'm going to go to Isaiah 29. Because i got great expectation of what God's doing. Amen. And we first got down to the meeting. Uh, the brother that's pastor down there, he said, Brother Matter, the Lord told me. said he quoted the scripture to me. Said that. I'm going to work a word that you're not going to believe, though a man told you. I said, yeah. I said, I've, I've ministered on that. It ain't been too long, and the Lord's told me that. And I didn't know when I spoke this prophecy that that scripture was just a few, script, a few verses back. From what God spoke, because God spoke his prophecy and he started out and said, this is, you've entered into the days of the turning of things upside down. Y'all ever seen things in any more of a mess and an upheaval and get turned upside down they are today? I mean, it's a mess. It's a mess in people's lives. It's a mess spiritually. It's a mess, mess politically. I mean, it's just a mess everywhere you turn. But sometimes, God's got to turn everything upside down, shake it out to get it started back right. So uh, when that brother told me that and after God spoke, I looked at this scripture. And you go to Isaiah 29 and verse 14. This is what the Lord starts out in these scriptures. Therefore, behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people, even a marvelous work and a wonder. For the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and understanding of the prudent men shall be hid. I'm going to tell you, nobody knows anything anymore. They don't know what worked. They don't know what won't work. They don't know politically. They don't know spiritually. It's like I've been saying for about the last three months. Everybody just praying spaghetti prayers. You know what spaghetti prayers are? You said your name was Rogers. Sister Rogers, you know what spaghetti prayers are? Well, you know if you cook spaghetti, they say if you take it and throw it against the wall, it'll stick if it's done. Well, that's what a spaghetti prayer is. They're just taking everything and throwing it against the wall see if something sticks. It ain't nothing sticking. You know why? People are in a spirit of confusion. There's a spirit of spiritual confusion right here. The Lord said the wisdom of the wise man is going to be brought to naught. Nobody has common sense. Nobody can see clearly because God has let a darkness overshadow this generation. He said in Isaiah 60, darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness of people. When you look the word darkness up, it means ignorance of spiritual things. This whole generation we're in, it's like nobody knows what to do. Nobody knows the way out. Nobody's giving leadership. Everybody's just having good church. Good church is good. Praising God is good. But good church does not put your feet on a solid foundation. Good church does not teach you a relationship with God. And I don't care how much you go to church, sing and shout, talk in tongues, cry, weep, mourn. I don't care what you do. If you don't go out that door changed, nothing's happened. You've just been in an emotional upheaval. There's too many people walking in emotion. Too many people ministering and prophesying out of emotion. 
We need something solid. Let me tell you something. This word of God right here is solid. It's solid because God's already started confirming it. You don't take a prophecy that's got 43 scripture references in it and it not be the word of God not be solid. This word right here is solid. And God will bring it to pass. And while I'm thinking about it, how many of y'all remember a prophecy spoken here and I'm trying to find it now? Uh, it's probably been four or five months ago. But the Lord said that there was going to uncover a terrorist attack that could have killed into the thousands and said, you're going to know that God spoke. Well, they uncovered a terrorist attack this week. A guy was planning on blowing up the Santa Monica Pier out there in California and some other place. And some reporters saying it would have killed into the hundreds and some saying it would have killed into the thousands. And they uncovered it before it happened. And that's what God said in that prophecy when he spoke that prophecy. He said, this will be a sign to you. They're going to uncover a terrorist plot that could have killed into the thousands. You're going to know. So I know God spoke. Amen. I know God spoke. But I know what's in me and I know if I speak, I'm not, I don't prophesy out of my heart. I don't prophesy out of emotion. I didn't been through that in my early ministry. I learned real quick. You don't prophesy out of emotion. You don't let yourself get caught up. I mean, I've seen so many people prophesy out of emotion. You know, you see people you love, they get in hardship, they get in heartache, they get in sorrow, they get in a fight. And I've seen people go to them and prophesy, them, God's going to move for them. Well, God has a time to move for you when he's putting you through a trial. Y'all think I'm going through all these trials just to go to heaven? Uh-uh. God's purging me and waking me up and, and getting things out of me that I can be a vessel he can use, Sister Barbie. That he can flow through, that he can flow into and flow out of. And there's none of my junk in, in, in here to hinder the flowing of the Spirit of God. Uh, to, when God tries you, that means he proves you. I don't need God to prove me to take me to heaven. All I need to do is repent of my sins and keep my life clean. If I pray and keep my sins repented every day, there's a good chance I'm going to heaven. God don't have to try me like Job to get me ready to go to heaven. He tries us to see if we're vessels that he can trust. You know, the Lord uh, spoke into my spirit one time. He said, do you trust me? I said, yes, Lord, I do. And I do. And he spoke to me again uh, just a little bit later. He said, do you trust me? I said, yes, Lord, I trust you. And then in just a little bit, he spoke back to me. He said, but can I trust you? Can I trust you? Because if he can't trust you to do what's right, he can't put the anointing and the gifts in your life that he wants to put in your life that you can be a help to people. God's got to be able to trust you with what he gives you. Amen. And I know back years ago when I was, uh, I was evangelizing and I was preaching on faith and I said, you know, Jesus said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can say this mountain removed and be thy set in yonder place. And I said, that mountain will obey you. I said, now, you ladies, I'm going to tell y'all something right now. I said, God's going to test y'all before he gives you kind of uh, this kind of faith because you ain't going to get up and look out of the window one morning and say, well, Lord, I don't like that mountain there. Move it over there. And I said, God moves it over there. She said, no, I don't like the way it looks over there. Move it back over here. I said, it ain't going to work like that. Of course, I, you know, I'm just being funny. But, you know, sometimes we got to be proven that we can trust, God can trust this authority and power he wants to put in us to be able to help people, that you won't misuse it. You know, like the disciples, Jesus had him face to face go to Jerusalem. He was coming through a town, and they got mad at him. And the disciples looked at Jesus and said, you want us to call fire down on from heaven like Elijah did? He said, y'all don't know what spirit you're of. He said, I've not come to destroy men's lives, but I've come to save them. Just because they didn't receive me the way you thought they ought to, you can't turn it. And, and that's what God's not going to do. God's not going to put this power and authority of this kingdom in people so you can curse your enemies. You ain't got no business. You got, The only thing you're supposed to be doing is praying for your enemies and blessing them. The Lord said, vengeance is mine. He said, I'll repay. When I get in the warfare with somebody and it's just like, uh I can't remember who I was talking to the other day, but they said, well, you just may have to sit down and have a heart-to-heart talk with them, Brother Matter. I said, no, I don't do that. I let the Word stand. I let what I preach, how I live. I let my testimony stand. And I said, if God wants to deal with them, 
God can deal with them. But all I do is like Paul. You know, Paul said, what was it, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil? He said, record him according to his word, reward him according to his words. And Paul just left it at that. So if somebody really gets down and gets upset by what I'm preaching, and they start doing evil, start sowing discord, I just pray for God to reward them according to their works. And God will fight for this word. I've seen God fight for this word for over 40 years. And that's why I tell it, people, if you don't understand this, leave it alone. Don't touch it. Walk away. Go pick on somebody else. Don't pick on me. Don't pick on this word in me. Because the Lord will fight for this word. Amen. He'll fight for this word. So, uh, verse 15 of Isaiah 29. Woe unto them that seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord. And their works are in the dark. And they say, who seeth us and who knoweth us? God knows and sees everything you do. You rest assured of one thing. I don't care what you do. The Lord said that that you do in secret. He said, there's coming a day I'm going to shout it from the housetop. These little secret sins, these little no-harm sins people think they got, and they got them covered up, and God don't see them. Oh, God sees. If you don't get them right, don't get them repented of, forgiven, get deliverance from them, get them under the blood, they're going to embarrass you somewhere. Because the Lord will shout them from the housetop. And then verse 16, this is what God says, Surely you're turning the things upside down shall be esteemed as the potter's clay. For shall the work say of him that made it, he hath, he made me not? Or shall the thing framed say of him that framed it, he had no understanding? Is it not yet a very little while, and Lebanon shall be turned into a fruitful field, and the fruitful field shall be esteemed as a forest? And then that day shall the deaf hear the words of the book, the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity, and out of darkness the meek also shall increase in their joy. You see, the meek also shall increase in their joy in the Lord, and the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. Now, if you flip right over to Isaiah 35, and you go down to verse 3, he said, Strengthen ye the weak hand, and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. Even God with a recompense, He will come and save. And then he spoke the same thing he spoke in 29 when he said at the turning of things upside down, he said, then the eyes of the blind shall be open, the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped, then shall the lame man leap as a heart and the tongue of the dumb sing, for in the wilderness shall waters break out and streams in the desert and the parched ground shall become pools in the thirsty land, springs of waters, in the habitation of dragons where each lay shall there be grass with reeds and rushes. God in all this dryness and deadness, because you look at it any way you want to, everything's spiritually dead right now. As a whole, everything's just spiritually dead. It's hard to find the true word from God. It's hard to find something that'll feed your soul. Oh, you got those that prophesy, and you got those that see visions, but I'm going to tell you something. The Lord said they divine out of our own heart. They see a vain vision. Amen. But here God is saying, there's going to be a move in this turning of things upside down that the blind eye is going to see out of obscurity and out of darkness. The deaf ear are going to hear the words of the book. The lame are going to leap as a heart. I'm ready to see an act of God. I've been fighting for it. I've been praying for it. I've been pressing for it. I've been believing for it. And if God lets me live, I'm going to be made partaker of this outpouring of the Spirit of God that is now being made ready to come to God's people. I don't know how much of the church is coming to. God keeps telling us He's going to the Gentiles. Amen? When Paul saved Paul, God didn't choose Paul to preach to the church. He did not. That's the reason when Paul was in the church in Antioch, him and uh, Barnabas were in the church in Antioch, Acts 13, and they had all these prophets and teachers there. And they went to prayer and fast and seeking God. God said, separate Barnabas and Saul. He sent them out. He sent them out to the heathen. He sent them out to the unbeliever. He sent them out to people who didn't know. Man, give me the heathen. Give me the unbeliever. Give me the ungodly. Don't give me a bunch of church folks that already know everything. Won't be preached till I can't do it. But I'll go to the heathen. And when Paul in, in Galatians, the first chapter around the 16th verse, he said, when it pleased God, when he separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me. 
He said that I might preach him among the Gentiles. Paul knew that was his calling from the first. Paul knew that was his calling. I want the Gentiles. I want people that don't know. I want people that know about God but don't know a true and a living God. Because when you get a people like this and the Spirit of God begins to move, you can walk in among them and declare Jesus and God will start working miracles. He'll start opening deaf ears, blind eyes, healing the lame. Why? For a witness that a living Christ is walking inside of you and living among you. God didn't make miracles to be performed all the time in the church. Everybody wants the church to have all great manner of miracles. Miracles are a witness to the true and the living God that lives on the inside of you. Does that mean God won't heal the saints? No, He'll heal the saints. But saints shouldn't need a lot of healing. They're doing right. (laughs) Amen? But God's provided for it. He set miracles in the church, set healings in the church. But the witness is for people that don't know God. People that don't know He's a reality. People that don't know He's living. If you don't have the Spirit to make the Word alive, you're just reading a history book. Amen? Bible's his Bible's a good history book. And He said, The letter killeth, but the Spirit maketh alive. And when you preach the simple Gospel of Jesus. Preach the simple gospel about His stripes and His blood and what He done to redeem your souls. Then God said, I'll confirm the word with signs following. Is that what He said? He said, I'll confirm the word with signs following. And I'm ready to see God's word be preached to people that don't know. Amen. That don't mean I'm going to run off and leave y'all. But the Lord sent me up here to get people ready because He told me when He spoke to me on April uh, the 15th, I mean April the 11th, 2015, and I hadn't been in, an, I, I went through a weakness in my body and I couldn't even sometimes stand on my feet. And a man come laid hands on me. I'd been out of our church. I founded a church in Fort Payne, Alabama in 2000. Pastored there to 20, well, my last service I preached there was what, November 30th, 2014? November 29, 2014, and then I went into a, a battle for my life. Got down weak, couldn't hardly stand on my feet sometimes. And the Lord told me, come up here. And so I come up here and we started, uh, we'd already started services in a, in a lady's home up here. And then I come up here and we, we, we started this church July the what, 5th, 2015. So we fixed to be here four years. But that man come to me and he put his hands on me. No, he didn't put his hands on me. He just walked up on the platform where I was, stood about 10 feet from me. I felt fire run across the platform. I knew his life. I just don't let people speak the word of the Lord to me. I don't let people lay hands on me. I don't let them prophesy to me. If your life ain't proven, if your ministry ain't proven, you stay away from me. You stay away from me. If God don't speak to me that you're of God and I don't know you, that's one thing. God speak to me. But if I know you and I know your life ain't in order, don't you come lay your hands on me. You're liable to get rudely interrupted, and I'll tell you to take them off. Because if you're going to speak to me, you better be a vessel that God's proved. Because I've seen people run around this and prophesy to them. Well, I tell them one thing. They didn't like that. And go get somebody else prophesied to them. This and over here say, yay, the Lord would say go north. This and over here say, yay, the Lord would say go south. And they go to another and say, yay, the Lord would say go east. In time, they run around to all these people and get them pray for them. They're so confused they don't know what to do. The Word of God's real. It's true. It's alive. And it gives you one direction. Gives you one direction, gives you one leadership. And so he walked up, stood on that platform, was it morning prayer? We wasn't even in service. And he spoke the word of the Lord to me. He said, Brother Metter, the Lord wants you to know what he's doing to you. I said, Well, I thought, well, that'd be nice. Because <laughs> I ain't preached in five months. I don't know what to do, don't know which way to go. And I'm gonna tell you something, man. I'm a it's hard for me to be still. Hard for me to be still. I'm, I was used to going 14, 16 hours a day and preaching and prophesying and God working miracles and having meetings, supposed to getting saved. It's hard for me to be still. And he spoke to me and said, Brother Metter, he said, you've been an evangelist. He said, you've been a pastor. You've been a prophet. He said, now God's making you an apostle. He said, and the Lord didn't leave Paul in the church. He said, but he sent him out. He said, because if he had stayed in the church, the church would have got their eyes on Paul. 
I don't want people's eyes on me. I want you to pay attention to what I preach. I want you to live by what I preach, study what I preach. But if you ever find me out of the Word, you come talk to me. And I'll explain to you. Because I don't do nothing unless God reveals it to me. I don't. I don't bring anything out. If I don't have the Word to back it up, Brother Brian, that's the reason I give you all these papers. Every Almost every Sunday, I'll give you all four or five sheets of paper with Scripture after Scripture after Scripture confirming to you what God's revealed to me. Showing you that it's in the Word and it's by the leadership of the Holy Ghost. But he said, now the Lord's chosen to be an apostle. He don't want you in the church because if you stay in the church, people are going to get your eyes on it. He said, just like Paul, God sent him out of the church. God sent him out of the church in Antioch so people wouldn't get their eyes on him. You had, you had several different prophets, all kind of teachers at the church in Antioch. Paul and Barnabas was there. And when they fasted and prayed, the Lord said, separate unto me Saul and Barnabas for the work. And he sent them out to the Gentiles. Sent them out to the Gentiles. We want to go preach to people that already know. You don't have any real evangelist day. All they want to do is go from church to church to church to church to church. When I was an evangelist, I preached in churches, yeah. But 97% of my preaching was intense. I'd go wherever God sent me, whether it's church there or not. I went to so many towns, there wasn't nobody to support me. Ask my wife, she'd tell you. I'd go into town and we'd open a revival. Have a tent there, seat 200, 250, sometimes 300 people, and we'd open the meeting with five people sitting in the tent. If even five, sometimes did two or three. But I'd stay there and I'd pray, I'd fast, I'd seek God. God start saving, God start delivering, God start working miracles. And in 10 days, two weeks time, there'd be 100, 150, 200, a tent be packed out. I've had it, God pack them out, stand them around the walls. And God start revealing Himself to people. Touching their lives, changing their lives. And then people come to Him and say, Brother Matter, where are we going to go to church? I couldn't tell them. Because most of the time I'd go to a town, preachers wouldn't work with me because I preached too straight. <laughs> I did, I preached too straight. Most of the time I went to a town, started tent revival. Most of the churches in town started revival on me. <laughs> So that people couldn't come. Well, that's alright. It's changing. God's raising up some Gentiles. God's raising up some people hungry for God. God's raising up some people that want the Word, want the reality of God. And God's going to give us a brand new generation. And it's already happening. Amen. It's already happening. I'm ready to see the blind eyes see. I'm ready to see deaf ears here. I'd get on a plane tomorrow and fly to India, get a meet set up over there. I could fly to India. I'd get off that plane, open air. People that bow down to idol gods. Some of them may have never heard the name of Jesus. I can start preaching Jesus, and I can step out there and God open blind eyes, deaf ears, heal the lame like that. God start working miracles, and they'll start coming. I opened a meeting uh, uh, back in '94. I had a man go over to work with me in the meeting. And I told him on the way over. I said, "Now we're in the dry season." I said, it don't rain in India in the winter, and it's like January. I said, it start raining long about May, June, July, and I said, they'll have monsoons. I said, but it don't rain in the winter. We got over there and it rain for two days, and I could wash the meeting away. We couldn't get nobody out. But I'm going to tell you, on that third night, people started coming. I prayed for a, three or four deaf mutes, just demonstrated it. Prayed for a couple of blind eyes, and God healed them. In three nights' time, we had nearly 50,000 people. Because they believed. And they'd come every night and receive Jesus. And then pastors down there worked with me. And when I left that town, then churches were full and overflowing. You can do that overseas. You can't do that in America. That's the reason I told God. I said, I'm coming off the field. I'm not going to keep going out there and preaching to people and getting them to where they want to serve God. They want to go with God. And then have no place to send them. Had a man walk in my tent in Little Rock, Arkansas in 1990. I believe it was 90. It could have been 91. Walked in. Had on a pair of just little old cut-off blue jean shorts. No shirt. No shoes. Had hair down to here. And his wife didn't have on much more. But he walked in my tent. And I was ministering to the sick. Had a pair of leg braces in his hand. 
He walked right up to that altar, his wife, and they had a couple small kids. He looked at me with tears in his eyes. He said, preacher, he said, I don't know nothing about God. He said, but I've stood out there in that grass for the last 30 minutes watching you pray for people. He said, God sealed them. God, I, he said, I can feel it. God sealed them. God done something for them. He had a little baby there. I don't know. Couldn't have been six, seven years old. He took him leg braces off, off that baby and rubbed on before he walked on that tent. Held him up. He said, would you please pray for my child for God to heal her? And I set that child down in the chair, Sister Deborah, and one leg was club-footed, turned almost halfway around. One leg was shorter than the other, and you could see she couldn't walk good. They'd put them braces on and try to straighten her. And the Spirit of God hit me, and I started bawling. And I stepped down there, and I took that child by the legs in less than 30 seconds. God turned that club foot around, straightened it, made it whole. And that man and his wife fell in that altar and repented, cried out to God. And they come back to church the next night. He had a haircut. Nobody told him. He had a haircut, had a shirt on, had a pair of jeans on, and she had a dress on. Because when she come in there night four, she's had a little bit pair of short shorts and halter top. Didn't know no better. But see, when they repented, the Lord, the Lord helped them. You don't have to go tell people what's right and what's wrong. You get the true spirit of Christ in you, it'll convict you. It'll teach you. Instead of teaching all this junk, we need to preach Jesus, the cross and Him crucified, and let the healing power of God work in this generation. They love God. God will clean them up. Lord told me back in the 80s, He said, you quit preaching all this stuff. He said, you're running off more people and you're getting saved. He said, don't preach your convictions. Preach Christ. Preach me. He said, did I clean you up? I said, boy, did you ever. <laughs> he said, did I baptize you and fill with you the Holy Ghost? I said, yes, you did. He said, did you preach me, get them to repent? He said, and if they'll seek me, I'll fill them with the Holy Ghost. He said, and I'll clean them up. He said, you live by your convictions, and you let me give them people their own convictions. And all people want to do is preach convictions. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't go here. You can't go... And I know there's a standard to walk in with a while, but let the Holy Ghost teach folks. Let the Spirit of God teach folks. Amen. That's the reason I don't preach the closed line. You come in the house of God, you decent. You got your body covered up. You modest. I'm not going to say nothing to you. Amen. I'm not going to say nothing to you. But now you come in the house of God and you get saved. And you keep coming and you're immodest and you're revealing yourself all, then I'm going to say something to you. Because you need to have respect for the house of God. But if you get true spirit of God, it'll teach you respect. It'll teach you respect. But see, we come to the days of the turning of things upside down. And I, I, I started to tell you all a while ago, there's a place in there I got highlighted. don't know what page it's on, but you all will see it. If we don't get to it, study the notes. And the Lord spoke and said, this night... You've entered into the restoration of all things. They got to start in the restoration of all things. He spoke in Acts 3, 19 through 21. He said, I've spoken about the mouth of all of my holy prophets since the world began about the restoration of all things. Let me see if I can find it. Page 3. And I highlighted it because the Lord spoke that to me. And he said, you enter in this night to the beginning of the... So God's beginning to restore all things. What do you mean he's beginning to restore all things? He's going to take man back where he was when God created him. Going to take him back to the kingdom. Going to take him back to authority. Do y'all not know when God created man in Genesis 1, 26 and 27 that he gave him dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, gave him power over everything that creepeth on the earth? That's where God made man. That's where God means for man to dwell. Man was made as a temple for God to live in. He wasn't made to run around here and do all this stuff he's doing now and call it God. God was made for man. God made man to live in. You're made. Your man's temple. So the Bible not tell you either the temple of the Holy Ghost? Then you need to examine this temple and get all this other stuff out of God's way. You need to call the, the pod company. 
Say, hey, come get all this junk in here that's in God's way. Well, what do y'all been doing? We don't care. Just get rid of it. We don't want it back. So y'all need to, I'm serious. You need to spiritually examine yourself and see what's in here that ain't pleasing to the Lord. And then if somebody examines you like they did Peter and John, what they going to find? If somebody come up to you and want to examine your life, what would they find? What would they find? Could you look at them like Peter said, if we this day be examined? If we this day be examined? Amen. Be it known unto you that through the name of Jesus, is that faith, is that word, is that power, is that unction of the Holy Ghost, is that in here? It needs to be. Amen. Needs to be. And whatever's hindering it needs to be putting that pod and hauling off. <laughs> needs to be putting that pod and hauled off. And I'm not trying to keep getting away from the word, but this word starts flowing. Y'all know how it flows in me. It just sometimes it go from one scripture to the other. But then you go on over to Habakkuk. From Isaiah 35, you go on over to Habakkuk. And I'll have to find it. I can't even remember where Rebecca is. I think it's Micah, Nahum, Rebecca. Let me see. Yeah. You go to Rebecca chapter 1 and verse 5. And he says this, Behold ye among the heathen in regard and wonder marvelously. For I will work a work in your day which you will not believe, though it be told you. So what God fixing to do, people ain't going to believe it. They ain't going to believe it. Back in 2008 at our church in Fort Payne, we got people starting. We said, stop wherever you're at at 8 o'clock every night. Let's go to prayer. I had people in four states going to prayer at 8 o'clock every night and praying for a move of God. And that started in June, went through September. By September, we'd added over 30 people to the church. And God was moving and a lady come into one we was having a revival. A lady come into one of the meetings. She said, Brother Metter, I've known you since the 70s. I said, yeah, you have. She said, and they told me what God was doing here, and this was her words. She said, I didn't believe it. She said, I said, I had to come see for myself. She come into a morning service, and she said, I didn't believe what folks was telling me, how God was moving, folks getting saved. She said, so I had to come see for myself. And that's what the Word says. There's going to be a move of God. What you think is going to happen when you start hearing? Men down there at that little old bitty church in L.A.J., blind eyes are seeing. Deaf ears are hearing. Dumb tongues are talking. And when I was pastoring in Fort Payne, we got a church probably about twice the size over there. And four different people had a dream over a period of four or five years that the church was full. They were standing in the lobby. And you probably, there are probably 100 people standing in the lobby if you get them shoulder to shoulder. And then out the door and up to the roads, probably a couple hundred feet. And he said, it was packed all the way to the road, people trying to get to the church. Four different people over a period of three or four years had that dream the church in Alabama was packed. People standing all the way to the road and said cars were parked up and down both sides of the road. And there's a little dirt road goes by the church. Said they were parked. Both ways across that road. He said, people trying to, and one man here, just before we left the church, he said, Brother Metter, he said, I had a dream. He said, I don't know what happened. He said, something happened to you. He said, in the spirit. And he said, man, folks is coming there getting healed. Folks coming there and getting delivered. He said, I saw one man bring a, a man that was a paraplegic. His limbs all twisted up. Uh, and said, God healed him, made him whole. And he stood up and started walking. He said, now look, there's a little old town. About two miles up the road, they call it Dogtown, and got a little store and stuff up there. And and, and he said cars were backed up in a line two miles up the road trying to get into the church. He said because there was an act of God. We are moving into an act of God. You look around today, your eyes can't see it. Your heart can't believe it. Your ears. I, I mean, I tell God sometimes. I said, God, I ain't questioning you. Sometimes I don't understand. 
Because I have people listening to the radio broadcast. I have people all around here sometime contact me. Brother Metter 99, I sit in your tent meeting. I just had somebody uh, tell me, said in 1998, first time you come to LJ, put a tent up, or 99, right down on Old Highway 5 by Cacker Lumber Company, said you baptized my son. I had a baptistry on the tent. I didn't wait to go baptize them. They got saved. I put them under right there. I baptized them right under the tent. I was up on, uh, what's that road goes across Chatsworth, 225, 228, or 282, whatever it is. Anyway, it goes right there by the Dairy Queen, goes straight up out of Ella J. I had a tent up there 98, come down 99, put it up on old Highway 5. And then 2012, God told me to have a tent revival in Jasper. And I hadn't been in tents in 12 years, and we had 75 to 100 people turn out every night. And then you look around and say, where are these people at? But you know, the Lord spoke to us in prophecy. Uh, Brother Michael's wife, Sister Patty, her and my wife got in prayer. That first morning, they didn't come down to church. They'd met there at the house and prayed because she just had obligations and they couldn't come down. But she started praying and said, that Lord, the Lord said, don't look with your eyes. Don't try to figure out what I'm doing. He said, I've got a purpose for this meeting. He said, i got something set in motion. He said, I'm, uh, I'm digging up ground. And he said, I'm sending my spirit out to all nations, getting this thing ready to move. I'm ready for a move of God. Amen. But you know what I'm going to keep doing? I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep fasting. I'm going to keep seeking God till I know what the mind and will of God is. I'm not going to move outside the will of God. I feel it by the spirit of God. Something's going to happen up there on y'all's property. I feel an act of God. Something's going to happen up there. I'm telling you, by the working of the Holy Ghost, by the name of Jesus, there's going to be an act of God in that chapel. Lord didn't send y'all there by accident. It's, it, it's like I see the angel of the Lord about 30 foot up in the air over the tip of that chapel. And God getting ready to do a divine work up there. You just keep praying and believing and waiting because it ain't going to be very... There, there's something in the works. You hear me? There's something in the works everywhere right now that people that believe God. There's something in the works in our church in Fort Payne. There's something in the works, children. It's time to dare believe God. I said it's time to dare to believe God. And it's, it's, if there's ever been a time to pray, it's time to pray. Set aside a time to pray every evening. Every one of you, set aside a time to pray. Come together in prayer. If y'all can come together, well, since it gets late, it's, uh, it's uh, dark now, so late. I think we're going to set our prayer time at 9 o'clock. And we, we'll set a, and if y'all want to come together with us, wherever you at, just set aside time and pray. Sister, I don't know your situation, but if you and your husband, if y'all can pray together, praying together makes a difference. Praying side by side makes a difference. Do y'all pray side by side? Pray side by side. You still have your alone time with God. But when you come together in a unity prayer, pray side by side. Make a difference. Make a difference in your home. Make a difference in your love and respect one for another. I preached this word since 2013. I've had so many people that I sent the CDs and they wrote back and told me, Brother Matter, this worked. You changed their life, changed their marriage, changed their home. And then you need that time with your family where you can teach your kids the Word of God. Teach them how to pray. Teach them how to pray. If you got children at home, have a, have a family time with them. You know, our kids are all grown and, and gone and we got a, New grandbaby coming. Hallelujah. And we don't have a chance now to get with our kids and teach them to pray. But we do with our grandkids. My wife will get them grandkids together and she'll listen to Bible stories with them, teach them things about the Bible. And, you know, the kids nowadays, you give them a cell phone or you give them a, a, a tablet, put Bible stuff on it. They got apps for kids for Bible stories. Put them Bible stories on there. My grandson, my oldest grandson, he comes to the house. Uh, I got a, a iPad mini because I got me a, a bigger tablet now, but I got me an iPad mini. I got a Bible story app for kids on there. And nine times out of ten, that's what he turns on, ain't it, Lisa? He turns on that Bible app for kids, and he'll sit there and watch him animated Bible stories, and he loves them. He can tell them to you by heart, but he'll still, almost every time he comes, he'll watch them. Every day he'll watch them. Way on up in the night, he'll watch them. Because it does something to them. The Bible said, train up a child. Train up a child. 
you know, we put all this worldly stuff in their hearts and their minds and get them fed, and then we wonder why when they get 13, 14, 15 years old, why we can't get them to church, why we can't get them to be respectful, be reverent. Because we ain't taught them. We ain't prayed with them. We ain't taught them to pray. You can't just take kids to church and say, here, you got to teach them. You got to teach them to pray. Amen. You got to teach them to pray. Y'all take this and study it. I'm, uh, I just don't feel led to go any further on it. I don't, uh, feel like I need to go any deeper into it. Might come back to it next week. Just don't ever know. But we have entered the, the time of the turning of things upside down. God won't turn things upside down. And another thing God said, He said, judgment has begun at my house. So you rest assured. God starts right here. Ministers ain't living right. People in the pulpit ain't living right. I don't care if you ain't going to do nothing get up here and play a guitar. You better have your house in order. Better have your life in order. You ain't getting in my pulpit. I let me do a prayer. Somebody sent me a clip of preacher the other night. And big church. I mean, several hundred people. And he said, we had a young man come to work with us in praise and worship. And said, we didn't invite him. Said, the main headquarters invited him. Said, when he got here and got out of the car, said he had one of them feminine spirits on him. Said, had earrings in his ear. And his actions. And you know, the Bible said, ain't no feminine spirit going to enter into the kingdom of God. I mean, if you look effeminate up, it means acting like a woman. And he said, so one of the deacons pulled him aside and told him, said, boy, you just might as well get in your car and go on down the road. He said, because no, ain't none of our people going to worship God with you with that kind of spirit on you. And he said, there's a standard for the pulpit. Amen. Amen. Now you got people doing everything in the world. Adulterers, fornicators, liars, cheaters, living in sin. And, and anybody just comes up and sings and plays and says, uh-uh, it's wrong. There's got to be a standard. There's got to be a standard. I know we don't have a lot of singing here. We just don't have musicians. But when we do, as we grow, there'll be a standard. Amen. I had a standard in Fort Payne. I had a standard in Fort Payne. Matter of fact, I had some people come in the church, and they went to another church for a long time, and she stepped up on the platform. She did. Her dress was already up to here. And when she stepped up on the platform, she was two feet higher than the people were. And that don't leave much covered. And so I went to her and I talked to her. I said, if I tell you something, would it hurt your feelings? She said, no, sir. And so I just politely talked to her. And she looked at me. She said, yes, sir, I'll be glad to dress different. And she started dressing with her dresses down to, down to her ankles. Because you step up and it's already here. People going to see up to here. And it wasn't that she was disrespecting God. She just had me. Sometimes people just ain't been taught better. Amen. Sometimes people ain't just been taught. That's the reason we need to live a life that our life can be a testimony. And our life can teach people. Have y'all enjoyed the Word of God today? I've enjoyed it. And I, I just don't feel led to go any further. But read these prophecies. Study them. You can go on our YouTube channel. Uh You, you can go to worldrevivalswhat.org or you can go to mansentfromgod.org. You can go to NTCE. All of them tie together. Take you to our website. There's our YouTube channel there. There's messages from here to listen to. Uh, there's radio broadcasts you can listen to on the website. Uh, there's a church in Fort Payne. You can watch some of the services over there. And then there's World Revivals. You can go and listen to some of the earlier preaching. But you'll find one thing, what I've been preaching for 30 years, I'm still preaching, it's just gotten deeper. I ain't changed my doctrine with the way the generation's changed. Still doing what's right in the eyes of the Lord. Amen. Everybody glad to be in the house of the Lord? Let's bow our heads and let's ask God to bless this word. Father, I thank you for this word. And I ask you to bless it, God. Let the people hide thy word in their hearts if they sin not against you. And help us to do what's good and right in your sight. Lord, let this word be a strength and a wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'm going to go ahead and receive the offering, but I want to tell you this. Uh, I got a contact. You know, we're getting ready to start live streaming into Africa. And we just about, we've been working on our sound this week. 
And we sent the money over there for them to get them a laptop so they could get the live stream. They already got a projector. Uh, we've helped them get a lot of equipment. That's another couple in Arkansas. So they're ready now to get the live stream. And he texted me this morning. He said, do you have your church certificate? I sent him back and said, well, what exactly do you mean? Because, you know, laws are different over there. And he told me, he said, I said, yeah, we're a nonprofit organization in the United States. We're listed as a charitable organization, nonprofit with the government. I mean, we have what they call a 501c3. So all your donations are tax deductible that you make to world revivals. And I told him that. He, and I said, do you need our church information? He said, yeah. He said, since there's many churches that you're going to be live streaming and preaching to, he said, we probably need your church information here for Kenya. So he's talking about the whole I don't know what they call them, states or nations or whatever they call them, but he's talking about the whole nation or state of Kenya in Africa that he's going to be traveling to and setting up so we can live stream in them. That's exciting to me. Amen. So uh you want to help us today, ties are over here on this side or what you're going to give to God. If you got something you want to help us with, put it over here. But just do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. Uh If you want to. All right. You want to uh, put it in, make it don't make it to world revivals. Whatever you do to world revivals, it is tax deductible because we've been this way since the 80s. We've changed our bylaws. We kept up with all the bylaws to keep ourselves out of trouble. <laughs> and I, I talk to a lot of preachers and I tell them because there's a lot of small independent churches out here. I said you better get yourself in line. I said because government never cracks down on you. I said, some of y'all going to go jail because <laughs> you ain't got receipts for what you've done. You ain't got receipts for the money you took up, what you spent. One thing about it, we've had an accountant for years, and our accountant used to tell my wife every year, said, your books are in perfect order. We keep things in order. I believe in, I believe God's got an order. He said, let everything be done in what? Decency and in order. We do our best to do things in decency and order. Amen. And, uh, Sister, I don't know if you do YouTube or not, but we have a YouTube channel. And if you go and subscribe to it, then every time we do something or post to teach it, it alerts you. And praise God, I, I seen the other day we're up to 155 subscribers on YouTube. And usually time we post these services, by Monday or Tuesday, we done had over 100 views on these services. So that's why I'm going to start teaching. People need to be taught. People need to be taught. Amen. People don't know what's right anymore. They don't know what's wrong. They don't know how to live. And they're just too much spaghetti prayers. <laughs> 158. Well, we picked up three since last Monday. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And that's good. So that's why I'm going to start teaching. That's why we ask people to help us. We got this new computer. Got new microphones. Uh and I got somebody now that works in the television industry. Uh, they're talking to one of the engineers, see if they can get us a good low-cost camera, tell us what we need to get, so we'll have the best video. When I do something for God, I want it to be the best. I want it to be the best video, audio. I want it to be the best quality. Because the world can do stuff right. Then God's people can do stuff right. If you put the effort into it. And I'm one when it comes to God. I'm meticulous, and I am particular. And I've been fighting with the sound in our studio for three weeks now, trying to get it the way I want it, and everybody keeps telling me it's good enough. I said, it ain't good enough for me. There's a certain sound I'm looking for, and I want it to be right. When people listen to it, I don't want it to sound like I got two tin cans on a string. I want it to sound good. Amen? Amen. That's just the way I am. When it comes to God, I believe in giving it 110%. So, has everybody obeyed the Lord in your giving? Done what's right? Okay, I'm going to ask God to bless this. Father, bless this offering. Lord, you give us the wisdom to use it down to the last penny to do what's right in your eyes and in your sight. And we give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, does anybody need prayer for anything before I dismiss? Uh, I'm going to ask you to keep this baby in prayer. Uh, but I told this brother a while ago, I said, uh, 
Yeah, come on. See, the Lord gave me this ministry that He gave Paul with these prayer cloths He gave to him back in 93. The Lord gave me this ministry. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Okay. I met a child back home with her. Okay. Children. I can understand. I can. If we got a folding chair anywhere, get me one. Oh. That's what happens when you get caught up in the spirit. Sit down right there, good and straight. Uh, and my wife's going to check the length of your feet because you, she said she'd had back surgery. And a lot of times when you do that, it makes one leg shorter than the other. It makes things painful. Are you having a lot of pain with it? Are you able to lift your legs up a little bit too hard? Don't feel Okay. All right. Here, stand up. All right. Which which one is it in the hip? This right hip. This right hip. Right down that right leg. Yeah. Go ahead and lift your hands up to the Lord. You believe? I believe. You believe? Yeah. Believe God's a healer. I believe God's a healer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You. Are you hurting right now? No. No pain. No. But if you move a certain way, you could feel it. Yes. Wow. It's done in Jesus' name. Now move it. Don't hurt it all. But if you've done that before, it hurt. God's healed it. God's made it whole. And those gonna help you with these kids. He's gonna give you he's gonna give you strength. But it, it's done. And that, that's a sign that God's moved for you. You go ahead and believe him. If you don't have a home church, you're more welcome to come be with us. Well, you're more welcome to come be with us. And we start praying at ten thirty. We start praying at ten thirty. You're welcome to come pray with us. Church. Yeah. Praise God. I understand. Amen. Okay. God bless you. We hope you'll we hope you'll come be with us. We really do. I believe God's moved for you to confirm where you need to be. <laughs> Hallelujah. Y'all just lift your hands and give the Lord a good praise. Lord bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Love to feel what I feel, what I'm feeling, what I feel right now. God is so good. Amen. God is so good. So merciful. So gracious. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Why change the order of the service? Please make it a point to listen to the radio broadcast. Uh, you can download the app on your phone now where you don't have to have a radio, but you do have to listen at the right time. So you can download the station uh, on your phone and you listen on your cell phone wherever you're at. So you don't have to worry about being in range of the radio station.